just kidding. We were talking about music, and we had very strong opinions, very strong opposite opinions about the same thing as Christians, and it was tough. And boy, I was, you know, using my mind and using all kinds of arguments, kind of like um, I'm seeing today on social media, uh, strong arguments and using reasoning. And uh, don't you just love when the Word of God speaks to you directly? So I was getting all fired up and all emotionally involved and using all of my uh, mental ability, which is really foolishness in God's eyes. And uh, when I get energized and other people are getting energized, you know, sometimes it just, it goes and goes and you get more fired up and more fired up and sometimes more polarized. And what I forgot was God loves my Christian brother that I'm disagreeing with. And it didn't even, well, you know, occur to me in, in the case of the argument. And uh, God speaks to us. How did he speak to Elijah? Did he speak to Elijah through the fire, through the storm? No, he spoke to Elijah through the still, small voice. And now more than ever, we need to get away with the Lord and, and seek him. God, what do you want me to do? in this situation. And uh, I didn't ask that the next morning when I got up and did my devotions, um, but I read Romans chapter 14. And I'm going to read it to you this morning. I was trying to pick parts out of this to keep it short, but I'm going to stop talking now and, and let uh, the words of Scripture uh, minister to you how it will. Heavenly Father, first of all, thank you for we have open hearts to hear this in Jesus' name. This is the International Children's Bible. I can understand that one. Do not refuse to accept into your group someone who is weak in faith. Do not argue with him about opinions. One person believes that he can eat all kinds of food. But if another man's faith is weak, then he believes he can eat only vegetables. The one who knows that he can eat any kind of food must not feel that he is better than the one who eats only vegetables. And the person who eats only vegetables must not think that the one who eats all foods is wrong. God has accepted him. You cannot judge another man's servant. His own master decides if he is doing well or not. And the Lord's servant will do well because the Lord helps him do well. One person thinks that one day is more important than another. Someone else thinks that every day is the same. Each one should be sure in his own mind. The person who thinks one day is more important than another than other days is doing that for the Lord. And the one who eats all kinds of food is doing that for the Lord. Yes, he gives thanks to God for that food. And the man who refuses to eat some foods does that for the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. For we do not live or die for ourselves. If we live, we are living for the Lord. If we die, we are dying for the Lord. So living or dying, we belong to the Lord. That is why Christ died and rose from death to live again. He did this so that he would be Lord over both the dead and the living. So why do you judge your brother in Christ? Why do you think you are better than he is? We will all stand before God, and he will judge us all. 
Yes, it is written in the scriptures, everyone will bow before me. Everyone will say that I am God. As surely as I live, these things will happen, says the Lord. Isaiah 45, 23. So each of us will have to answer to God for what he has done. So we should stop judging each other. We must make up our minds not to do anything that will make a Christian brother sin. I am in the Lord Jesus, and I know that there is no food that is wrong to eat. But if a person believes that something is wrong, then that thing is wrong for him. If you hurt your brother's faith because of something you eat, then you are not really following the way of love. Do not destroy his faith by eating food that he thinks is wrong. Christ died for him. Do not allow what you think is good to become what others say is evil. In the kingdom of God, eating and drinking are not important. The important things are living right with God, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Anyone who serves Christ by living this way is pleasing God and will be accepted by other people. So let us try to do what makes peace and helps one another. Do not let the eating of food destroy the work of God. All foods are right to eat, but it is wrong to eat food that causes someone else to sin. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that will cause your brother to sin. Your beliefs about these things should be kept secret between you and God. A person is blessed if he can do what he thinks is right without feeling guilty. But he, if he eats something without being sure that it is right, then he is wrong because he did not believe that it was right. And if he does anything without believing that it is right, then it is a sin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for the family of Christ. We thank you that as, a, uh, as your people, Lord, we walk together, we support each other, Lord, and uh, this world needs you more than ever, Lord. Continue to strengthen us, lead us by your Holy Spirit, and we thank you for um, speaking to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, let's give a thank you to the, for the worship team today. And, you know, they put a lot of time and effort into developing their, their worship. And so let's just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for them. And I just ask that you take them higher and higher into your presence as they worship and spend time with you. Thank you, Lord, for opening up the windows of heaven. Amen. So, I got a text from Pastor Steve, and he, a few days ago, and said he was having a really a good break and uh, getting recharged. So we also agree and ask that there'd be deposits in his heart that set the course of TCC on the path that God has. It's a refreshing. So thank you for that, Father. Amen. Last few, last month, I guess I've been meditating on the the prophet Samuel and some of the things of dynamics about his life and his ministry. And I want to share a couple of thoughts uh, this morning. And so these have to do with Samuel's life, but then there are also applications that can come into our own. Life and some things have to do with the prophetic ministry, but then there's things that we can all grow in 
and catch a hold of. Hallelujah. So let's go to 1 Samuel 2.26. I'm not going to start with his birth, but this is after uh, he had been dedicated to the Lord and he was staying in the in the tabernacle or uh, where the ark was. And anyway, in verse 26, now the boy Samuel was growing in stature and in favor both with the Lord and with men. And it's really amazing that the same statement is made about Jesus pretty much. Luke 2.52 And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Amen. And so there's a there's a, a kingdom principle and we would we'll love to have that in our home and in our family. And the Holy Spirit is working. So thank you, Father, for the grace that's upon our families. As I was going over the uh, <clears throat> life of Samuel, I was just impressed more and more with the intimacy that God had called him to and how he walked in that secret place with the Most High. And as I, you know, as I was studying a little bit, I read where, where we talk about Samuel hearing the voice of the Lord or the word of the Lord came to him so he could understand and know and he began to grow in it. Um, the Hebrew word there is whisper. And one of the commentators says it was like when someone was wearing a robe with a hood on it and somebody would come up to him, they'd pull the, pull the hood back to uncover the ear and then whisper in the ear. That just spoke to me of intimacy. Did you ever have somebody whisper in your ear like that? Tickles. <laughs> Amen. But it, it kept bringing me back to uh, a song that I heard in the 90s. And Gary Chapman sang it. I'm not sure who wrote it. But it was called Daddy Cut My Hair. Anyone remember that song? My grandfather cut my hair when I had some. But, <laughs> but it brought me back to the, the, those intimate visions or the remembrances of that time with my grandfather. And I just want to read a a little bit of this poem that was turned into a song, I guess. Daddy cut my hair, didn't care for style. He'd just snip and snip and sweep it in a pile. I could not keep still, but he would understand some things are just known between a boy and a man. Right there in the middle of our kitchen's cluttered floor in the middle of the 50s, in between a couple wars, He'd get out some old scorched sheet and wrap it round my neck and he would be so close to me I'd smell the coffee on his breath. He would be so close to me. I remember that. My grandfather would be working over me and I could smell the coffee on his breath. <laughs> 
But those are intimate times. Those are times of closeness. And this is what I was kept sensing about the prophet Samuel. Just that intimacy that God developed with him. And that, that's an amazing thing. He's called us all to be in that position where we can hear the intimate things of his voice and those subtle things. And when someone whispers to us, it's meant only for me. This is not shout, a shout out thing over the whole nation. It's just God speaking to me. The word of the Lord comes to us and so often it's just for me. It's just for you. We need to cherish those words. We need to put them in our heart. We need to allow them to take root and not just tell everybody what I've heard. Sometimes we just have to sit back and allow things to, to become ingrained into our spirit. Amen. So let's go ahead to uh, 1 Samuel 3, 1. And I'm going to just go through a few things here. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And the word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. And Samuel's call was interesting. There was a man that came in the previous chapter to Eli and gave him a word from the Lord, a prophet. And so there were prophets in the land. But the ministry of the prophet was not fully established. And God called Samuel to have an anointing that would move the nation. His words would pull at the hearts of the people and, and cast a vision. You know, that's a kind of a common term now, casting a vision. But these are things that God would speak through Samuel and the hearts of the people would be taken hold of by the Spirit of God and begin to change an attitude and change a way of thinking. And so in verse 2, it happened that at that time as Eli was lying down in his place, now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was. Wow, what a bedroom. What a place to sleep. In the very presence of the Almighty. And that's where he was being trained and being nurtured. He was learning the ways of the kingdom. He was learning how things functioned. In corporate sacrifice and corporate uh, worship to God, but also in those, can you imagine those hours of just being in that unseen glory? We have the glory of God that has invaded our heart and we take him, we are the temple of the living God. Our hearts are the temple. We have the right to intimacy with him, to hear his voice. In verse 4, 
that the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here I am. And so, you know, one night God just came and he was, learning, he was teaching him to hear the voice, to hear the prophetic voice. And we all have different callings, but yet God speaks to us in unique ways, but we need to learn to hear the voice of God that, was come, that comes to us. Learn to discern that from all the other voices. We have to learn to separate that from our own ideas and our own uh, fleshly desires. Richard Exley, one of my friends, he, he's, and he's a prophet but a pastor, and he said, he said one of the greatest things that young prophets need to learn is how to separate their own spirit from the spirit of God, the voice of their own spirit from the voice of the spirit of God. And so many times our, what, we, what we're hearing can be clouded by our own desires and our own preconceived ideas. Amen. I was in a meeting back in maybe the 70s and this fellow that was a great guy, but he was, you know, we were in a home meeting and he was there and quite a few people were there, but he, he said, he was talking about, he had such a great experience. His wife was terrified of flying. And just that day or the, that week, he took her to the airport and she got on a plane and, the, and just overcame the fear. So then we were spending some time in prayer and worshiping and people would have different things that would come up. And he says, I see a picture of an airplane <laughs> flying. Does anybody know what that means? <laughs> I said, well, I didn't say anything, but I said, yeah, you've had an experience with your wife overcoming. Amen. And so when we hear the voice of God, you know, it's not wrong to meditate on things that are us, but when the voice of the Lord comes, we can separate it. We can learn, learn to separate it from the voice of our own spirit. And so Samuel goes and talks to Eli and he says, here I am for you, call me. But Eli said, I did not call, lie down again. So Samuel went and lay down again. It happened again. And Eli was a little bit slow in spiritual understanding. And so, you know, like we just heard that don't judge people, you know, because they have a different sensitivity than we do. And, you know, this is a, this is such a, some of us are, were born with more of a sensitive spirit to the things of God. Even before we were saved, there's just some, you know, we're just born to be more perceptive. Other people, just don't have that, and they're learning and growing. Well, we don't judge them because they don't have the same makeup that we do. Amen. We all have our own strengths and weaknesses, and we need to celebrate each other's strengths and be patient with weaknesses, and then 
rejoice as people begin to learn more and more and learn to hear the voice of God where they haven't heard it in that way before. We need to rejoice with them. So often it's not, you know, the maturity level that we are at right now, but it's our direction and spirit that makes us full of life. If we're moving on towards heaven and moving on towards loving God, then our spirit has life in it. Amen. And so then the, the Lord came and called Samuel as other times, and Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And so he, he you know, he, when God came, he wasn't only teaching him what to do, what to say, you know, how to prophesy. He was hearing the heart of God. He was hearing the desires and the passion of the Lord. What a marvelous revelation that even in the Old Testament, people had encounters, living encounters with their Heavenly Father. Amen. And his life began to be governed by the thoughts and attitudes of heaven. His life was remarkably bound to the Heavenly Father. This is a process. You know, so don't get frustrated. Be patient with yourself. (laughs) But as we live and live in the glory of God, as we abide there, his great character begins to be seen by our heart and he begins to transform us into that image. I love 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16. For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and the purposes of the Lord so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ. Let's say that together. We have the mind of Christ. Where is that? Down, it's not in our head. It's down here in our spirit. The Messiah. And let's read this last phrase together. And do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Let's read that together. And do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Wow. When he whispers in our ear, when he speaks personally to us, there's something that just gets, becomes, it just is driven deep, deeper and deeper and deeper into the core of our personality even. It sets our focus, it sets our eyes, it sets our passion. And, you know, our desires can come into line, into alignment with God's desires. Our, our desires can come into the same uh, attitude that Jesus has. Jump down to verse, or chapter 3 here in verse 19. <clears throat> And so it's talking about Samuel growing up in the Lord. Thus Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fail. All, the, all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. 
But just imagine this. The Lord was with him, and the Lord did not let any of his words fail or fall to the ground. Samuel's prophetic record was flawless, one translation says. The Lord was with him and made come true everything that Samuel said. And can you believe that accuracy that God had invested in him? And so there's two parts to this as we grow. You know, that's one thing I've just really been searching for my whole life. I want to have the reality, the real, come into people's lives. I want to pray for them and see them healed. I want to give them words that breaks the powers of darkness in their life. I want to give a word that pulls their heart toward heaven and towards relationship with Jesus Christ. And here the Lord was working with him and made come true everything that Samuel said. How would you like that working in your life? Everything you say would come true. <laughs> we would have to watch what we say, I guess. Amen. But there were two parts to this. I mean, God had his part. That was what he had invested in Samuel, that kind of prophetic anointing. But then Samuel had a part where he had to be disciplined in what he was releasing. And I, I believe that this is talking about his prophetic ministry. You know, His children had struggles and not everything was just right in that area. But this, this had to do with his ministry to the nation. Everything that Samuel said came true because God was with him. And so he had to watch what he said. He had to be sensitive for the wisdom of God to be functioning. He, he just couldn't blurt out a whole bunch of things. But he was faithful to walk it out. As we practice being sensitive to God, as we practice hearing his voice, as we practice being aware of these subtleties, God will grant more and more accuracy to our life. And then even in 1 Samuel 9, 6, truly comes true. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, for God was with him. You know, God was with Samuel, and everything that he said came true. God was with Jesus and healed all who were oppressed. He healed all that had infirmity. And, you know, Jesus cultivated, I mean, he was perfect. He didn't, you know, didn't have his soul warring against him so much, but yet he cultivated the voice of God. He cultivated. We see all the hours he spent in prayer and drawing away by himself. These are some principles that are just necessary for us if we are going to, excuse me, really grow in this sensitivity and accuracy. And so Samuel experienced 
the truths of the kingdom. And God is, he wants us so much to experience the great promises, the great and precious promises. They're precious. They cost Jesus his lifeblood. They're precious because they come from the heart of God. They're precious because God has ordained that we would walk in them before he made anything. Amen. Let's read a couple more verses about how we can apply some of these principles and walk in this accuracy with God. In John 15 and verse 4, listen to what Jesus said. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And abide is a continuous relationship, a continuous connection, abiding. We used to sing that song in Bible school, abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine. Love, joy, peace, health. He has made them mine. (laughs) I have prosperity, power, and victory. Abiding, abiding in the vine. Down a couple verses in verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. How many believe that? You believe that? How many have experienced it? (laughs) Whatever. I mean, we, we, we're growing. We, we've come along. But Jesus says this is available to you. And this is what I press into. And my asking has to do with, you know, ministering to people. Oh, I want them to be free. I want them to encounter the greatness of God. But this is what Jesus said. And it, we don't have to go back in our history and say, okay, well, that it's not matching up here. Well, then we look at what he, we have to put our heart where Jesus said. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Amen. His words are abiding in us. And, you know, that's not clinical words of just having the scriptures in our brain, in our thinking. But this is the word of God because it's, it's the life of Jesus that's manifest. The personal relationship. His word abiding in us full time is a life, is life to us. It's joy to us. It's hope. Continually there's that upsurging of life and joy and hope. The secret of this living relationship Continual life, joy, and hope, and peace. Abiding is to remain, abide, dwell, live. We're abiding through a living confidence in him. We're abiding through continual surrender, loving obedience. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Not just obedient, but willing. When God gives us commission, we're rejoicing, we're willing. What a privilege. 
I think I've shared this before, but years ago, in the late 70s, early 80s, I got a call. I was starting a church. started out to be a Bible study. It kind of turned into a church. And anyway, I got a call late one night, and somebody had been visiting the area, and I was with the Assemblies of God at the time, and they were from Assembly of God Church, and so they said, our mother is in the hospital, and the doctors are saying that she's going to die. And a little bit elderly, you know. But they asked me to come and pray, and I think they were thinking, well, just come and pray and give her a blessing for the hereafter, you know. But I went and prayed, and I walked in. I said, I command death to leave. <laughs> and Jesus, I didn't know what they wanted, I guess. And anyway, I mean, I, I was just expecting that's what they wanted me to pray about. And the two, there were two sisters and uh, two brothers. Her children were there. And I had to go off and I did some things with the teens. And I was gone till midnight. And I thought, well, I'll swing by and see how things are. And, you know, when I was there the first time, she was coughing up black stuff out of her lungs and, you know, and the doctor said it would only be a short time before she leaves the world. And she was ready to leave, you know. But I went back and said, well, she's improved. The next morning, they released her from intensive care. Wow. And the, one of the ladies said, I had given up on healing. We just wanted the presence of God there when she went home, you know. And then I walked out of the room and two brothers are waiting for me. And they said, we were here to say goodbye. <laughs> now she's living. <laughs> Amen. Well, ask and you shall receive. A couple years later, all day, the Lord had put in my heart to go visit her in the nursing home. She was in the nursing home, but well. And I said, I don't want to do that today, Lord. <laughs> and then somebody came by and said it was fall, and they said, I shot a deer. You want to help me to hang it up? I said, oh, that sounds like a better deal than <laughs> doing a nursing home. That night, she died. Wow. I don't know what God had for her, but maybe just to encourage her or to get some things right in her heart, you know. And I still think about that quite a bit. There's no condemnation, you know. But we can learn to be sensitive to the call and the voice and the whisper of God. He's with us. Abiding through living confidence in him. Abiding through living confidence in him. Jesus Christ is my life. He is my answer. He is the way. He is the truth. Undying, living, continual confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the, he is the word of God. He is the one who gave us the promises. He is the promises. 
They're all yes to us in him. We abide in him as we put this faith in him. We abide in him and there's this joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it doesn't really depend on what our circumstances are. There's still joy in our heart. I mean, we can feel the emotional things or the pressures of life. But the, the joy of the, of the presence of God is always with us, never to leave us. Put your faith in him. Put your trust in him. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Hallelujah. Abiding is to remain, abide, dwell, live. This is where the Holy Spirit, he brings us to this kind of condition before the Lord. And as we're there with him, abiding him, he's training us. He's training us to be more sensitive. We're, we're hearing his voice. Our spirit is alive. God desires that your prayers never go unanswered, never fall to the ground. When we're abiding in him and he's putting the impulses of heaven in us and we're agreeing with the purposes of heaven. Wow, God desires that none of our prayers go unanswered. Even as Samuel had, God did not allow any of his words fall to the ground. Well, God has said, I'm not gonna, I don't want any of your prayers to miss the mark. And as we read through Samuel's life, we find that Samuel was a living sacrifice. And he found the key to dynamic spiritual life. No, you, you minister to people and God encounters them and he lifts them up out of a hopeless situation and you see the light turn on in their, in their heart, in their eyes. That is one of the greatest experiences just to see what God experienced his love with somebody. Amen. And so to, today, you know, one of the things about abiding in him, we're abiding in his love. Sometimes we think about that as abiding, I'm performing love. Well, that's part of it, but abiding in his love, I'm abiding under the awareness that God loves me always, continually. I'm loved. There's a strength in that love. There's a joy in that love. There's perfection in that love. There's sustaining in that love. There's faith and confidence in him that comes because we know that we're loved. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today that this love that you have for us and the spirit you cause to live within us remains forever. Thank you, Lord God. If you're watching today and you're going through some things, you say, I want to experience this kind of love. I want to know that I know and the Holy Spirit is pulling at your heart. Just simply say, yes, I receive you as my Lord. I take you as my Lord. 
I believe that you died for me. I believe that your blood was shed. I thank you as I receive you that your cleansing power washes me clean. Hallelujah. And just embrace him and then choose to live for him and walk with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. So we're going to have a missionary group come up and we're going to uh, not, we're gonna, not going to do this live stream, but if you are watching on the live streaming, I just ask that you would take the next five minutes and while we're praying here, you just pray for these as they're traveling overseas to serve the Lord. Amen.